Yo, guys, welcome back. It is me, Tori Ree, and you are listening to the Viva Life Show. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Super appreciated. And this week is a topic that is really close to my heart. I mean, I guess all the topics are because I get to choose them. Uh, but this is something that I have wanted to talk about for a while. And the person who we have on the podcast, I wanted to share with you guys for, for quite a long time. And I was fortunate enough to get some of his time the other week. Um, this is my friend Alex. He works at the Soup Kitchen in London, which feeds the homeless on a daily basis. Um, and I wanted to basically just get more insight into what we don't really understand. And I think we were able to do this. Um, there are a couple of breaks during this podcast simply because... I did catch Alex during work, so there were a couple of occasions where he had to dash out and do bits. Um, but I think it's something that's that's really just going to hopefully give you guys a little bit more insight and change your perspective on things. And hopefully we can change our attitude too towards the homeless. So I'm not going to talk anymore. Please listen, take the time to, to let it absorb and sink in. And any questions, obviously give us a call. And once again, thank you. I appreciate you. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Viva Life Show with me, Tori Ree. And this week I have a super special guest. This is kind of a different topic to what we've discussed over the last, whatever it is, 12 or so episodes. Um, but it's something that I know, not even I think, I know needs to be talked about more. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet the guy who's on this podcast a couple of years back and I've watched what he's done um, in an area in London and it's truly inspiring and amazing and we just all need to be a little bit more aware. So I'm not going to give him too much more of a big head. <laughs> um, hi Alex, this is Alex everyone. Hi everyone, hi Tori. So, what do you do, Alex? Because that's probably a good place to start. We'll start there. I'm mm-hmm. Alex. I'm the director of the Soup Kitchen at the American International Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Soup Kitchen is a charity that feeds, clothes. Uh, we now also offer mental health counseling to 100 people a day who are homeless, vulnerable, lonely, elderly. We have you know, everyone comes in here. That's epic. And I guess we're in the room right now? We are in the purpose-built consultation room that uh, we opened in June this year. And this is the first one in London, right? It's the first one in Europe for sure. Whoa! Um, I've heard it's the first one in the world, but I don't know. So this is, the reason this is unique is is the first drop-in mental health center located inside a soup kitchen. Um, so people don't need an appointment to come here. You can come in, get a hot meal, get clothing, but you can also speak to a psychologist if you need to speak to a psychologist. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So obviously for you, you started off here a couple of years ago? About four and a half years ago now. Okay. And I mean, obviously over, this is, today was the first time I've been back in a couple of years. Right. And although there's familiar faces and familiar kind of routines, like obviously it's expanded hugely yeah. in regards to the numbers that you see yeah. as well. Yeah. Two years ago we had, uh, we averaged 65 people a day, which is still, you know, we're open for two hours a day. Right. Um, so we do a breakfast and a lunch. 65 people is a ton of people, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a two hour span. Um, we average 104 a day now over that same span. So you saw today, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just nonstop. It's just exactly. nonstop with the people coming in. 
And I think as well for me being here, um, I mean, a couple of years ago, it, it definitely changed my perception mm. on homelessness as a whole and the individuals, because I think it's so easy for us all to kind of just walk on the streets and mm. play ignorant and yeah. okay there are some out there who maybe you don't want to, to be interacting sure. with because they might be high or whatever but right. that's exactly the same with the certain people whether yeah, of course, yeah. or not yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's just so important for us all to remind ourselves that yeah. these are real people with real life stories yeah real stories real situations mm. real just human beings at the end of the day um, and that is one of the things I feel like is the one of the biggest parts of my job is just spreading awareness mm. Um, you know, we can feed 100 people every day right. um, because we have really great partners and because there's so much food waste. So we can feed 100 people. We can clothe 100 people. We can do all those things. Um, it's really important, though, to be able to have conversations with people, mm -hmm. to socialize with people, believe it or not. Um, Remind them that they're people. Yeah, that's exactly right. No one, you know, you, you, you see a guy sitting on a bench and whatever. Maybe he's got a bottle. Maybe he doesn't have a bottle. Right. It doesn't matter. But you see... You know, London is such a funny city anyway. Everyone's kind of glued to their phones or minding their business or rushing to get from here or there. Um, or to nowhere. Yeah, to, yeah, to nowhere. <laughs> That's exactly right, to nowhere a lot of times. Um, but it makes people that sleep rough feel really lonely. You know, you're in a city of 12, 15 million people and no one's talking to you. No one's ever right. talking to you. So it's really important just to recognize people. I think that's a crazy thing. So I want to talk about like so there's a couple of people I spoke to today there's one mm -hmm. guy and obviously I'm vegan he was vegetarian but predominantly fruitarian yeah like and we started talking and his knowledge on yeah. nutrition yeah, yeah. blew my mind of course yeah absolutely it's amazing the people that come in here are incredible people mm -hmm. It's so easy to look at someone and just think, oh yeah, well, they're down and out. They're right. this kind of person, they're that kind of person. There are people that come in here with multiple degrees that have been you know, high flyers in life, that have traveled the world, that have done this and that. You know, can, homelessness can happen to anyone. Right. I think that's, that's the scariest thing. Yeah, it is, it is. And when, you, when you're here every day like I am and you get a chance to, to really kind of delve Mm -hmm. um, not prod, but just talk to people or listen to people, you realize like how intelligent and how educated and how, you know, um, everyone that comes in here is. It is scary. Because I remember actually when I did, I uh, did some work in Skid Row mm. and there was one dude there and obviously it's different in the States. Like I think it's, it's even right. easier to end up on the streets. Right. Um, but it was a guy in a suit and we started talking or whatever. So he was more than happy to kind of like explain his story and stuff. Yeah. He was a banker. So yeah. Oh, yeah. dude was earning money, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously we see it a lot. I mean, you just have to watch mm. the Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Like he got on the drugs, right. he partied hard mm. and Coke ended up taking over. Um, he'd obviously spent a lot of money partying. He right. then got caught right. because he was then doing it like right. at work. Right. He got caught, lost his job. Lost everything. Yeah, lost everything. He's now on the streets with a suit on his yeah. back. That's that's crazy. That's a, but that's not surprising at all. Right. There's a man that comes in here that used to be a brain surgeon, like an actual what? brain surgeon. You said, you know, like what kind of smart, intelligent person do you have to be to be a brain surgeon? You know, um, he got in a little bit of trouble, lost his medical license, lost his family, couldn't work. You know, he had studied for years and years and years to do this, and ended up on the street. They can literally happen to anyone. Intelligence is not a factor mm -hmm. at all. No. It's, it's incredible. There's a guy that comes in here that used to be a test pilot in the Royal Air Force. 
There's a guy that comes in here that... I feel uh, like I spoke to him before. Possibly. Yeah. There's a guy that comes in here that um, is a former Olympian. You know, you met a champion swimmer today. Right. She was explaining about worlds. And like, that's the other thing as well. So, like, the, the sweetest woman, mm-hmm. I, I actually have fallen in love with yeah. her. She's just, no, like, I actually love such her. an amazing energy about yeah. her. Um, so happy. Mm. So happy. And That's what gets me is, you know, even in this condition mm-hmm. with everything she's been through in life, right. like, how do you still come in here so positive? Well, it's like, so you went over to talk to a company who were raising some money. Right like this woman came with us yeah. and she's there giving them tips to get yeah, through tough know, yeah. it's like yeah when, when you're really struggling and you're going through like the, the tough parts you just got to change that negative right. thought into a positive and I'm like wow that's how you're surviving yeah of course that's, that's exactly, exactly how she's how surviving. surviving yeah like yeah she, she's amazing but you know there are so many people just like her um she doesn't drink drugs. Doesn't drink, nothing. doesn't smoke doesn't do any drugs you Can know you imagine, I can't even imagine yeah. being that like conscious mm. and sober right. and having to deal with what she's dealing with right. and being happy. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I'm not gonna, I get it. When people are drinking oh, yeah. and doing drugs, I can't I totally get understand it. it. Totally, totally get it. Yeah, yeah I totally mate, get it. it. And I, I never did before. And I'll tell you yeah. a story. So there's, a, I won't say his name, obviously, but um, um, there's a guy that comes in here, my homie, he's from Windsor, as a matter of fact. Okay, so, me. Yeah, mm-hmm. out your way. Um, and Queen's neighbor. That's right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Probably literally. Um, typically, when people are high or drunk, you know, they're not allowed in here yeah. because there's a hundred people in here, right. and they take up so much time. Sometimes yeah. it's just not fair. What we always do, we always take people food. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll give you a takeaway. You can eat outside. Sometimes, if you're high or drunk, you just can't come in. Anyway, um, this dude was just completely different. From the time I met him, uh, there was just something about him, right? He was always so high, so high. He was always polite. He was always respectful. He never bothered anybody. Even in that state, he would come in here, get something to eat, sit in the corner by himself, and just be, you know, not bother anyone. So he was kind of the exception. Um, Tori, I saw He came in one day. He was coming down the stairs. And um, he just had like a little extra bounce in his step, right? And I promise you, his eyes looked whiter. His skin looked clearer, right? And I said that to him. I was like, man, you look really good, honestly. You know, and we're just having a laugh and um, messing around on the stairs. And uh, he said, yes, it's my mom's birthday today. And he said, uh, I talked to her. And he hadn't talked, he hadn't spoken to her in like two years or three years. or It had been a couple years. And he was really excited about that, right? Super happy just about that. So then he just starts telling me about his family, you know, just led that conversation led to family life. And he's like, yeah, I got twin sisters. Uh, then um, he said, I've got two brothers as well. I come from a big family. But then as happy as he was and as excited as he was, he just paused for a moment. And he's like, well, I got one brother. He's like, one of them passed away. So I was like, oh, man, sorry. You know, just, you know, and his whole attitude, his his expression, everything just, you know. Like he had that realization. Yeah, of course, that realization. And he's just kind of staring off into like these bushes that were right beside us. He's just staring into the bushes like he's thinking, you know, he's deep in thought. And he turned to me and he said, yeah, Alex, he's like, we were walking to school one day. And uh, he was in, I think he was in year one or year two. Mm -hmm. And his brother was in like reception. So they're walking to school. And he's like, yeah, he pushed me as they're walking. So I pushed him back. And when he pushed him back, he pushed him into the road. Oh, that just gave me chills. Yep, car hit him and killed him. Um, so can you imagine, you know, being a seven or eight year old? 
having that but when he told me that Tori it makes sense like damn this is why he's high every day this is exactly why he's high every day because he also told me that um, they never spoke his, his parents never spoke to him about it. they never went to any counseling never did anything right um, and I can't imagine even from their perspective how do you how do you grieve the loss of a child while also trying to console the child that's responsible right. for it you know exactly. like you like how do you do that um, so it just made sense when you hear people's stories you know you you don't you might it would be so easy to see him on a bench see him high see him drunk whatever else and judge him straight away get a job do better do this oh look at him you know but if you don't know his story if you don't know why he's like that what he's doing there the reason that he's there you know you just can't judge people even in that condition it's just not fair to judge people it really isn't exactly that's that's crazy but I mean, what would you say are the things that like more of us can do? Because I think even for me, yeah. I saw that woman at the top, mm. and I, I saw her with a dog, and right. she was eating some food, didn't think anything of it, type of thing, and obviously came down, and Ben was like, oh yeah, like she yeah. was scrounging through bins looking for food. Well, yeah. I think that hit all of us. So yeah. obviously, the, the first thing you do is go grab some of food, course. Yeah. grab some dog food. Yeah. Like, I, I think one, and this, this is in my own experience, one of the biggest things any of us can do it doesn't take any money believe it or not you don't have to i think people feel like you have to be a millionaire or you have to be a ceo or you have to go you know you have to donate at least 100 pounds to make a difference like no you don't like sit down and just have a conversation with someone take five minutes ask you know people how they're doing can i get you anything um i i used to be guilty of this story i would see someone um and just go grab a coffee the way i take my coffee you know Um, and if people don't like it, you, you kind of feel like, oh, wait a minute, you're so ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Like, no, um, maybe this person doesn't like sugar, or maybe this right. person doesn't like milk, or maybe he likes it a certain way. Um, so it's really important, I think, just to have a two, five-minute conversation, you know, ask people if you can get them a cup of tea or a hot yeah. drink or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, a fizzy drink or, yeah. you know, that's, that's less important. Um, but as I, you know, but as ask I was, them what they like. Yeah, of course. Yeah, people like, you know, we all like choice. We all like options. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to ask. Um, and, and I think one of the biggest things any of us can do, because that just goes into mental health and um, making people feel human. It's just having a conversation. Honestly, yeah. it's awkward sometimes. Um, it's easy for some of us. <laughs> you know, some of us can just talk to anyone. Um, but it's so helpful. I tell the volunteers that every single day. If you're comfortable doing it grab a cup of tea and come sit down sit on the bench or sit at the table and just talk um you can go a lot of different places in london and get a cup of tea or get a sandwich get a meal whatever else like where can you go and just get conversation so true so true and that's it like it gets hard even if you don't have somebody's prejudice of you do you know what i mean like just approaching someone normally right people yeah, yeah. can get defensive but i'm very much the type of person if i like what you're wearing or i think you look nice same or, way i'm tell you about it same way <laughs> you've got oh, a nice smile love, love your hair i yeah. do it all the time like we were on the uh on the lift earlier oh Did you man get away love with your shoes maybe because i feel like sometimes maybe. people yeah. are a bit like yeah no maybe what you want <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah that's a london thing that's right. a city thing isn't it like oh what's he scheming what's mm-hmm. he, you know what's she trying to do what's she after that's just who i am though so yeah nice shoes exactly but what is it what the, how did you even get into this um tori whenever anyone ever asked me that i feel like 
I feel like I'm supposed to say, oh, I just have this enormous love for people and I love yeah. social causes and, you know, that feels like the right answer. It's kind of irrelevant, to be right. fair, because it's but called you here. But the, the reality is I ended up here because I was so bored in life. That's mm-hmm. the honest to God truth. I was so bored in life. Um, um, so I was, uh, as you know, I have a beautiful uh, 12-year-old, beautiful little girl. Um, I was living in the U.S. Uh, my ex and I were living over there. You know, we had a child. Um, we split up, as couples do sometimes. She's from London. She wanted to come back here, um, which is totally understandable. It was tough for me um, because I, I was working um, quite successful, um, and I had my life over there. And so for four years or so, I used to commute here twice a month from the East Coast. Wow. Every other weekend. Every other weekend I was here because I just missed you know, her so much. I missed my little girl so much. Um, and that just was not enough for me. You know, It just wasn't enough for me. Um, the catalyst for me, believe it or not, was I missed her very first Easter play. Something came up at work or whatever it was, you know, some emergency. Um, and I couldn't make it over here, and I was just so busted up about that, you know. And she's six, seven years old. She's like, ah, oh, that's fine, that's fine, it's no problem, Daddy, it's okay. She was way more understanding than I was. And Tori, sometimes in life, you know, you, you're surrounded physically by all these really nice things, right? You got you know, a nice car and a beautiful home and, you know, whatever. Yeah. The biggest TV you could possibly have and, you know, nice restaurants, blah, blah, blah. But when you get home in the evening time and there's no one there, you're miserable. Like, why am I doing all this, you know? How many nice holidays can you actually go on before you just feel like my life is just empty? It's just empty. And so for me, um, I lived over here for years and years as a kid. Uh, My mom was from down your way to Newbury in the house. Um, And so for me, um, I just wanted to be closer to my daughter. That's all I wanted. I wanted to be closer to Soleil. And so my plan was to take a couple of years off, you know, move over here uh, and just be a full-time dad. I just wanted to take her to school. I wanted to cook for her in the evenings. I wanted to, you know, take her to brownies or whatever. I just wanted to be a normal full-time dad again. Um, And I was in the, you know, fortunate position where, you know, I didn't need to go to work every day. Um, and, And I feel I worked really hard for a lot of years. So I felt really blessed and really fortunate um, I came over here you know, less than a week later. I just felt, man, I'm so bored. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> I say, especially like, when you wow. are doing yeah, something. Yeah, of course. Like... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just incredibly bored, honestly. You know, took Your her to school. Went from like, yeah, doing everything from doing to... everything to like, all right, what do I do now? Uh, and a time difference from the East Coast. So I'm still trying to run my business from over here. And, um, and it just was nothing was working. You know, I was just bored, bored, bored. Um, and so I actually came down here one day to donate boxers and razors, right? Um, and I saw that they needed some help. It was three hours a day. It was from, you know, 9 to 12. And I thought, all right, I can drop the baby off at 8, um, come here for 9, give back to my community, you know, do some yeah. good in the world. Um, and that's how I ended up here, honestly. I, I had no, I was actually ignorant to so many social issues, but homeless people specifically. My first job, I was 14 years old when I got my very first job, and I was washing dishes in my mom's friend's Chinese restaurant, right? Because I just wanted to make my own money. Right. I was so driven. But for years and for, for most of my 
working life, money was the sole motivator for me. I just wanted to make as much as I possibly could, could as quick as I could, and I just that's that's all I, that was that was my the driving factor for me. And so, 14 years old, I had my first job washing dishes. You know, at like three dollars an hour or whatever it was. It wasn't much, um, but I was happy because I was making my own money and I was independent and I was doing. I could buy my own kicks or whatever. You know, doing my own thing. And so that's how I looked at people as well. You know, if you're homeless, why don't you just go get a job, man? Start at McDonald's, start here, whatever, you know, work your way up. Like, my thinking was that people wanted to be in this condition, you know. Everyone was a bad person, everyone was a druggie, everyone was an alcoholic. I just had no idea. I was so ignorant to so many different things. And it's like I mentioned earlier, when you're here every day now, you know, I don't look at... You know, I don't look at the guy that's outside the station with a cup of change, you know, begging for, I don't look at him as, you know, a homeless person or a rough sleeper or a vagrant. You know, I look at him, oh man, that's George. Mm -hmm. Gee, what's up, man? You okay? It humanizes people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what, I think a lot of people look at, just don't understand and look at people that way, look at homeless people that way. Nah, you could kind of do better if you want. And that's not, and right. sometimes, Tori, that's the case. Yeah. There's a small cool. percentage of people that could do. There's a small percentage of people that um, do just want to, for lack of a better term, take the piss or take advantage of the system mm -hmm. or whatever else. But that's not the majority. They're no. definitely 100% in the minority. But you don't, you know, you don't filter people out and say, okay, who are you? What's your condition? Yes, right. you can come in and get a meal. No, you can't come in and get a meal. Whoever needs it can come in. Right. Hungry, hungry. Online. Yeah, it's definitely been an eye-opener, and I think more people should do it. Hmm. Um, I know that like crisis at Christmas, a lot more people get involved. Sure. Uh, but like you say, it's okay. I'm not like. Bottom line is, I feel like a lot of times when people volunteer, we do it because it actually makes us feel better. That's feel better. Yeah, of course it does. Right. Right. So okay, you don't have the time to make those kind of commitments. Sure. Like. Right. I, I, be a busy person. But like you say, then just yeah. acknowledge them. Yeah, just like, acknowledge people. But you know what? Even when someone's begging, right. like, just don't walk past. You're like, I'm really sorry about your change. Yeah, that's but it. Have, yeah, a, yeah. have a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah. That's and it. the amount of time, God bless you anyway. Have you a great day. You hear it so many times. All don't you time. hear it? Uh, no, sorry. I don't have anything. don't have yeah. any change, whatever else. But just acknowledging people yeah. goes such a long way. Because you know. you imagine, like, I remember I've done a couple of, like, leafleting jobs mm. or stuff like that, you know, when you're standing on the corner or yeah. got to get people in the gym right, or whatever yeah. it is. Right, right. Just being out there and people literally right now, no, and it becomes so disheartening. And I'm getting So when you hear something that. different, yeah, exactly. When you hear something different, you, you perk up. You remember right. that person that exactly. said, no, thank you, or, the, you know, that person that said this and that. Exactly. It's just acknowledging people. That's all. Just speaking to people. Just making people feel human. So how, like... Do you have any indication on like how bad homelessness? Homelessness? Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. Homelessness is in London. Say that fast three times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the official figures came out. Uh, it's funny. Um, the BBC was down here, um, and they wanted to do a story just before the national figures on homelessness were released. Uh, it's just a couple of months ago, fairly recently. Um, and that's fine, you know, cover the story. The reality is, though, I can tell you before the numbers even come up, right. come out, rather, that homelessness has gone up. 
there's something the official figure says something nine or ten thousand people sleep rough in London actually on the street but those are the ones that are counted is probably triple that and I'm not exaggerating so people with homelessness uh, you know I think a lot of people think if you're homeless you're sleeping on a bench somewhere but homelessness is also sleeping at Tori's house for a few nights sleeping at Alex's house for a few nights because I don't have anywhere else to go sleeping in your car a lot of people do that um, it's really really bad and, and just in the four you know four and a half years I've been here like is the numbers have skyrocketed like it's ridiculous why do you think that there's a lot of different reasons um, there are a lot of different reasons for that the, the the number one reason is mental health it really really is it's not even close depending on what study you read you know something like 80% of people that sleep rough the thing that's suffer ignored the, most. the thing that's ignored the most um, I know there were some changes to benefits that have affected a lot of people, universal credit, um, and it's just super expensive in London anyway, you know. Um, there is a lack of housing, um, there, there are a lot of different, it's really complex, it honestly really, really is complex. For me and the things that we see here, mental health is at the, at the base of it, for sure though, for sure. I was gonna say, so how have you found like, that having this unit, like yeah. doing mental health consultations, having a psychiatrist, right. obviously you know these people really well. You've right. seen them for mm. years now. Right. Like, how have you seen this benefit them? Right. It's, um, I'll tell you the story behind this. Um, I had one of our regular volunteers runs an ad agency just down the street, big agency, international. Um, and he was in here one day. I'd just taken over as director. Our old director retired. I took over. Um, and probably not long actually after the first time you came in here. Probably wasn't long after that. Um, but he asked me if I needed anything. You know, Alex, you need anything for this place? Um, and he was thinking more along the lines of, like paper, because I found that out later. You know, can you need cups, bowls, that. And I said, you know, if I could have anything, it'd be a, a psychologist. And he kind of looked at me like, hmm, that's interesting. Why? And I said, well, so many people here suffer. Sometimes, you know, you don't have to be a doctor. Sometimes it's really obvious, Tori. You know, you can tell, uh, yeah, so-and-so's, you know, got some issues there. Other times, no, you sit down and you have a conversation and you're like, wait a minute. You know, something's not quite adding up, you know, the silent type. And so he loved the idea. I could tell he was thinking about it then, but it was, it was just a dream for me, you know, ideal world, best case scenario. And he asked me, he was leaving. He said, how much would that cost? And I said, you know, I don't even know because I haven't even looked into it because it's just right. so far out of my realm right now, you know. And um, I guess probably a month or so later, um, his secretary called and asked me if I could meet with him. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, of course. Put on to his office and he's like, you know, Alex, I love the idea. Let's raise some money for it. He got in contact with Mind up in Camden um, to see what we needed. They suggested a key worker, which okay. is um, someone who just kind of um, signposts to other places. Yeah. That's not what I wanted, though. I wanted to be able to treat people here, you know, on the site, because I can, you know, get out my phone and yeah, Google, exactly. you know, closest place to do this or that. I didn't want that. And so I came back to my board of directors with a plan. Uh, everyone was on board straight away. The charity's been here for 33 years. We've never tried anything like that before. So it's all trial and error. You know, I didn't even know if it was going to work. You know, maybe it does. Maybe it's, you know, uber successful and people love it. Or maybe no one comes in here to talk, but at least we've given it, you know, an opportunity. So let's try it. Tori, we raised the money 
within like six weeks. Whoa. Thirty thousand pounds, so fast. And I always say that if you're if you're transparent and you communicate effectively and you um, just tell people what you need and what you need it for, ninety nine percent of the time people will help you. People are inherently good, really, really are. Um, the issues for us came in finding the right psychologist. I wanted one that had um, worked with the homeless in the past and knew about you know living conditions. Um, it's not quite so straightforward. Not, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so the issues for us came in dealing with the NHS, tr trying to find the right person, understanding that you know, they're still governed and regulated by the NHS. So, you know, for some of the things we wanted to do, we weren't able to do. Um, and that was like a months long process. We finally found what we felt like. So you took as long as raising the money. Yeah, oh yeah, it was five times as long. The money was nothing, we got that so fast. Just dealing with all the red tape, all the BS that was really frustrating. So we found the psychologist, she had worked in hostels and done all these things, fantastic, right? But then we found out, you know, after we've written up the contract and done all these things, which is a process in itself, that she could work in Westminster, which is right down the street from us, but not Camden, which is where we are. You know, it's a couple hundred yards down the street, but she, she just couldn't work in Camden. She wasn't able to. Um, How come? Uh, I'm Let still not 100% sure. Um, it was something that the... The NHS said she couldn't do. Okay. She could work in certain boroughs, but not others. Uh, wow. That was okay. one of, you know, I, I don't, you know, profess to know the licensing yeah. or the reasons or this or that, but yeah, that was the explanation we got. Um, so we had to start that process over again. You know, it's a really long process. We finally found someone else, went with that. So then we had to get this room actually built. Um, a company came in and donated the labor, the materials, the time to do all that, um, which was fantastic yeah. for us. Um, but this was their first time ever doing something like this, so that was a process trying to get planning permission. You want to do it the right way. You want to make sure it's not in you central know, London. In central London, that's exactly right. Um, that took that was should have been a six week process. It took closer to six months to get that done. Anyway, having said that, you get to a point. I've never been a quitter in my life. It's just not something I believe in doing. You know, just keep going, keep chugging, just get through it. Honestly, though, Tori, you get to a point where there's so much BS. You just really want to throw your hands up and just like, why am I even trying to do this? But then you see the people that are coming every day and it's like, all right, yeah, this is why I'm trying to do this. We got it done. We had our official launch in June of this year. Um, but to answer your question, people that I never imagined, and mainly men, that I never imagined would speak to a therapist, um, like manly men, for lack of a better term, you know, and guys are like that. Our average age, the average age of our users is 55, right? When you think about that kind of generation of man, because there's 96% men that come in here, mm -hmm. when you think about that generation of man, or even person that generation, people don't, people don't want a handout. They don't want a charity. You know, people want to do things for themselves. But specifically men, the pride, kind of the pride comes in and it's like, no, I don't need any help. I'll be fine. I got myself in this. I'll get myself out of it. Um, and it's really, really difficult for guys. That's one of the reasons there are more men out here than women. It's one of the reasons. Um, but some of the guys I would never have, I, I just would never have guessed would come in here and speak and open up. I've been doing it. And it just makes me so happy to see guys walking out of here and knowing that they've spoken to someone, you know. Yeah, that's um, and that's what, you know, I said this yesterday. If you can, we got 100 people in here a day. The reality is if you gave me 100 brand new flats across the street, 
and 10,000 pounds for each person that came in here. The reality is a lot of people wouldn't have that in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, in a year from now. A lot of people would lose that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not as simple as just yeah. picking people up and putting them in shelter and giving them accommodation. It's not as easy as that sometimes. If you don't address people's mental health needs, then... It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. You can't stay in that environment. It feels weird. It feels different. You know, you have to address that part of it first. It's like everything you have to address deeper. Like yeah, of course. You can put someone on a diet and they can yeah. lose the weight, but... Sure, yeah. What are the core issues, though? Like, you have to get to the core. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. And... You know, my goal, honestly, it doesn't sound like a lot, but if, if I can get three to five people, you know, each year mm -hmm. that don't need to come in here anymore, that are in sustainable housing, you know, yeah, reconnected to their families or reconnected to jobs or, you know, if you can effectively give someone their entire life back, like how the hell much is that worth? Have you, you had know? any of not enough. Um, there was a couple, sure. Um, this is all new for us, though, um, mm -hmm. as far as like the mental health uh, drop-in. We just launched this in June, so you know we're going on like three two, months. Two, three yeah, months yeah. yeah, not long at all. Um, there are a few success stories, um, but not not nearly enough. Because once you're out here, it's really easy to stay out here. Mm -hmm. You know, you get in. We all like routine and structure, and and you know, as humans, we thrive in routine and structure. Sometimes it's you know really bad routine, really bad structure. So the longer you're out here, the easier it is to stay out here sometimes. You you come here at 10, you go somewhere else at one, you do that day after day after day, it becomes your normal. Um, so you have to try and kind of interdict as early as possible. You really do. What's, what, obviously that they are predominantly older as well. Yeah. Are you seeing more young people? Oh yeah. The, the, the two extremities, really, really young. 18, 19, 20, 21, and really, really old. Like how many, there's so many people that come here that are over 80. Um, a lot of times for the older generation, um, in a lot of cases, the older, our older guests will have homes, they'll have flats, homes, whatever. Um, we'll be financially okay. Don't need to come in here for food. Don't need to come in here for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or anything else. But the reason they come in here is because they're lonely. Um, one of the uh, one of my favorite people in the world is I think he just turned 85, um, but he comes in here. He used to come in here every single day. He doesn't as much um, because he's had some health issues. But you know, he retired from the military, retired from the I post office. I'm sure you have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's got two pensions coming in. Beautiful house. He's fine. You know, but you might look at him and think, why is he coming in here? Well, his wife died probably five years ago now. They never had any children. You know, and he told me what they, he told me laughing actually. He's like, well, Alex, I'm the last one. There's only me, you know, and just had a, a little laugh about it. But for some people, it's just that social aspect. Because right. that, that's the biggest thing, like, I haven't said my, my nan's in a care home. Mm. Um, and you do go in sometimes and like, you, you can get stuck. Yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> you, you can. can. Yeah, of course, to everybody, you yeah, want of course. There's people there who like, yeah. have zero... Haven't had a conversation in weeks or months yeah. or whatever, yeah, of course. And I know how I get, like, if I choose to be alone, right. I'm good. Yeah, if exactly. If I've just got no one around me for a good couple of days, right. first yeah. day, pretty yeah. nice, yeah, okay. cool. yeah. two day, right. all right. Okay, yeah. Third day, I, like, I, it yeah. happened to me this year, um, and I, I was at home alone, for a week, but I didn't see anybody for a week. Right. And I remember it got to like day three or four, and I was like, 
I need to go to a coffee shop. Start crazy, yeah. I, I just need to get out. Go to the supermarket. Yeah, just see people. Yeah. Just, just hear people. Be acknowledged. Yeah, that's it. Know that I'm alive. Right. Yeah, it's no different. Mm-hmm. It's no different from people out here. It's exactly the same. You know, your condition doesn't matter. Yeah. We're all, we're social beings at the end of the day. We weren't meant to be solo. Right. It's nice. I like being on my own sometimes as well. You know, especially in London because it's such mm. a crazy, hectic place. Um, at the end of the day, no, we're all social beings. Oh, we've got, we've got a cook. we got a cook. Time out. Time out. So, Alex is back. He had to disappear and uh, man for. I'm here. Good. So, one of the, oh, a couple of other things I just wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, one of them was kind of funding because, I would say, I think money's always like a difficult topic and it's, right. I don't know why people get so mm-hmm. funny talking about money, but like, how, how do you make this place run? Like, we are in central run. London. 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 Um, having a hard time today. I am. I am. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I am too, so. We are in central London. Like, right. you are providing food. This is just one place. Do you know right. what I mean? Obviously, there's numerous. Right. But you're providing food to 100 people a day. Right. You've now got this mental health, like, mm. clinic here. Like, how? So, we are, we're based inside the American church um, on Tottenham Court Road, but we're a completely independent, private charity, um, non-religious uh, charity. Anyone who needs to come in can come in. Having said that, though, we, we work really closely with the church. There are landlords, uh, effectively, but you've seen our courtyard, our outdoor space, our indoor space, our kitchen. Uh, the church donates all that to us. Um, and so, they're probably our biggest donor every yeah. year. If you think about what this space would cost in a place right. like, you know, Fitzrovia in central London, what would that be worth? Um, and so, I think about no, it really. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's making my head spin. Um, but we don't get any government funding. Everything is private donations, it's companies, it's corporations, it's individuals, it's things like, you know, Lipsy doing a Tough Mudder event for us that we just left. Um, it's things like that. I spend, you know, two hours a day down here with our guests, with my friends, with my homies, you know, talking, catching up. It's hectic, it's busy, it's nonstop. But that's actually my my chill time. That's my time to see what people need, you know, um, what we could do better, what we're doing really well. That's that's like my relaxed time, believe it or not. I like being around the guys. I really, really do. Um, but then, you know, you go upstairs and it's all the admin stuff. So I spend so much of my time looking at grants, applying for different trusts, um, and they're not, you know, one or two page applications. Right. You know, they're multiple, multiple pages. I'm do- working on one now that um, it's 1,200 words per question. There's 11 pages of questions, and there's Whoa. there's a minimum of two on each page. So, and I've worked on it since July. It's something that you want to get right. Mm. It's for a significant amount. It would really. Um, help us out quite a bit but it I mean they're extremely time consuming but you got to do it you got to do those and you got to do the really long one that's only for a 200 pound grant you know you can't turn your nose up at money um money's great obviously because you need it to run you know any organization any charity um food wise we use uh, a charity called City Harvest 
City Harvest is an organization that goes and collects food from grocery stores, from restaurants, all this food waste. There's so much food waste in London, it's actually sickening, you know, how much food goes to waste. Half of it's not even going off. Yeah, it's not. Most of it's not going off. Mm. The stuff we get is really Um, City Harvest is a charity that collects from uh, Amazon, so Whole Foods. Um, They collect from uh, Waitrose, Marks & Spencer, really good quality stuff. And so we get deliveries from them twice a week. Um, I mean, we've had things in here like, you know, organic this, organic that, or really, really high quality good stuff, which is important because you want to feed people, but you want to, f- uh, it's almost like being a parent in a sense. Yeah. You want to give people the best start possible to their day. So you want to give, you know, the right balance of food. You also want it to taste really good as well. Yeah. Um, fruits, veggies. Um, and so, Funding to answer your question comes from private companies. Our food comes is is probably ninety percent of our food is donated. But a lot of people like there's a guy that uh, pops in every morning will just bring a bag of fruit that his uh, office has left over every day, like little things like that. So many people that do that because there's so many offices around here. Yeah. So this guy just brings whatever's left: bananas, oranges, apples, a bag of fruit every single morning. And as soon as everyone comes in, it just disappears. People just grab it straight away, which is good. It's really, really good. Yeah, you don't think about little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to, you know, I always say it's it's nice. We have a great relationship with Kraft Heinz, right? So Heinz baked beans and soups and all these different things. Um, And so two years ago, probably when you were in here, we probably had one soup, Mm -hmm. tea, coffee, and then lunch. Now we've got like three different soups. We do porridge, we do cereal, we do all these different things. It's nice to have options, you yeah. know? It's really, really nice to have options. Um, I, I, I like that people can come in here and not have to get, you know, just one thing or only what we give them, you know? I, I, it's not, yeah. we have vegans that come in here, vegetarians that come in here, you know, people with all kind of dietary requirements, religious, um, you know, because of religion, their requirements, whatever else. So. We, we do our best to cater to everyone, and we do a really good job, too. I think that's like you say again, though, it's just, it's humanizing again. Yeah, you know I mean? it is. It's like we were saying, if somebody was feeding me the same food, I mean, I do eat the same food every day, but that's yeah. out of choice. Yeah, out of choice, yeah, of like course. Like you say, if yeah. I'm yeah. somewhere else, I don't... Sure, but you could also, you know, you have the ability, you can pop into right. whatever corner shop and get what you want, and it's not, you're not, probably not even going to get a receipt, you're not going to check and see how much you spend, it's not going to affect your bank balance if you go and grab something different. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to do that, though, you realize how, you know, we had Cheerios today, like it's a big deal, for you. like Cheerios, how the hell are Cheerios a big deal, you know, you can go get it anytime you want it. When you can't do those things, they become just magnified, mm-hmm. such a big deal for people. Awkward silence. Silence. I need to do three minutes. Is that it? <laughs> um, talk about volunteers. That's it. Was yes. It? I don't feel like that was it, but it was. Was it actually? Yeah. Are you sure, Tori? Yeah, it was. Mm, okay. All right. I'll give it to you. It was volunteers. So volunteers. How important are they? Like, Ooh. how much of this, like, the functioning of this? Place? Couldn't run. Couldn't run without volunteers. There's me. I've got five employees. Um, everything else is volunteers. Um, so we have eight 
to 10 volunteers per day. Mainly Monday to Friday is companies and corporations uh, mm-hmm. that send people I suppose in. that's the one good thing while, yeah. uh, when you're in an area like yeah, this. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the thing I want. The reason we went mm-hmm. to Lipsy across the street, you know, they're a local company. I want more local businesses mm-hmm. involved because if you work here, you know, you're here eight, nine, ten hours a day, the people that you see, you know, begging for change or sleeping on the bench or those are the people that come in here. So you don't look at, you know, you look at them differently because you know a little bit about them, you know, and you've interacted with them before. Um, But we couldn't do it without volunteers. We have so many great relationships, so, so many great relationships. on the weekends, normally it's individuals, people that work during the week um, and can't make it down here. But yeah, eight to ten volunteers a day that do everything. The, the, and that's the reason I like the way we're set up is the volunteers get a chance to come in and be so hands-on. Mm-hmm. So what you make for lunch is what we're going to dish out. Obviously, we have a chef you know, who will guide you. Um, but you are chopping the vegetables. You are doing things like you know putting butter on bread. You are making the teas and the coffees. You are making cereal for people. Um, you are doing those things. The disappointment in having volunteers—it doesn't happen very often at all. But there have been times, you know, even this year, where I've walked up the steps and had to tell the guys we can't open because no one turned up. Um, sometimes you will get. You know, groups of people that want to come in and, you know, want to help, and they generally do, but for whatever reason, forget about it or didn't put it in the calendar or it's just not as important today as it was, you know, five months ago. Um, That doesn't happen very often at all, but it's one of those things that um, really is a pet peeve of mine. Um, Because you you don't realize how important it is that you're here. Because if you're not here, literally, we turn people away. People can't eat, and there's no excuse for that. For us to have food in the facility and just not have people turn up is, is really disheartening. What's your really like minimum amount of people that you need? I mean, we can do it with with the numbers we have now. We can do it with four people, right? And we've done it recently with only four people, but that's not ideal. No, you because get no when you time. not yeah, that's exactly right. But also, you have to cut down on some of the options you serve, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't have one person trying to handle three different stations. Mm-hmm. So let's get rid of these two stations and then that. And so, yeah, people are super important to what so we do. So for people who want to get involved in volunteering. Yep. Paul at SoupKitchenLondon.org. Paul is our volunteer coordinator. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, your name is Paul. I know. Right? <laughs> we yeah. got some, like, yeah, I know, little right? sneaky alter ego. Yeah, yeah. Know, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Paul coordinates all of our volunteers, okay. so Paul is the guy. So send him an email. Yep, send him an email. Reach out to Paul. You know, I heard Tori's podcast. Alex said to um, send you a message. I'd love to come in and volunteer. We've got a waiting list, which is, you know, uh, a really good thing for us. You know, just based on what I said earlier, people yeah. not showing up, not turning up. But, you know, you want to get people involved. And I, I think the more people that we get down here to volunteer, you know, the the more the stigma we can get rid of. Agreed. Agreed. So basically, guys, pull your finger out. <laughs> um, get out of your own head when you're walking down the street. Be more acknowledging. To be fair, I think it's just people, period. Like, yeah, of course. Let's not even put a title on yeah. homeless people because mm. they're people. That's sure. the bottom line. Yeah. And we all avoid eye contact with each other when walking down the street. And it's crazy. Right. Like, yeah. when you think about it, it's... Everyone's in their zone. Everyone's yeah. in their own little world I here. I saw uh, an article, I sent it to you actually, I saw an article the other day and it was a photographer had gone around taking pictures of people 
but removing the phones out of their hands. Really? Oh, goodness. That would be so interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'd love to see it on yeah, a I'd bigger l- scale. Yeah. On a bigger scale. Wow. But if you think about, like, I've made it a mission now, family dinners, everybody puts a phone yeah. on the table. That's exactly right, yeah, same way. Yeah, yeah like, we're the same way. It's not happening. So, like, yeah. If I'm with friends, no. Yeah. Like, it makes me even worse at contact than I already am. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrible. Like my right. phone stacks up. But it's because if you're with me, yeah. if you're with me, I'm present. Of course, yeah. I'm no, yeah, present. no. But you need to be fully present. Right. You know, you can be sitting across from each other and just not be there. Mm. You know, physically. I being be. in those kind of relationships. Yeah. Of like, course. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, when you're just both sat on the sofa, the TV's on, but you're on your phone. Empty, just completely empty. Nothing going on. Yeah, there's nothing going on at all. No, no. I don't like those relationships. Period. I, I, and I mean that not, you know, romantic yeah, or friendship or business or just period. You yeah. don't want those kind of empty. Life's way too short. Right. Time is way too precious to waste on nonsense. And it all really those is. conversations, like every person we pass, I'm a believer that right. everybody is placed with purpose. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And I know exactly what you mean. It's not just a coincidence. And when you sure. do catch eyes with somebody, there's yeah. a reason. Maybe you should be having a conversation with them. Sure. Maybe they actually just need you to smile at them. Sure. Yeah. Anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. Absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent. When someone smiles at you on the street, mm. like, really, you just smile. Yeah. If anyone couldn't hear me smiling then, right, I was yeah. smiling. <laughs> she was smiling. She got a great <laughs> smile. She was smiling. But yeah, like, it does just make a huge difference. Yeah, so it does make a huge treat, difference. Homeless people exactly the same. They're just stuck in one place. Yeah. Little things, you know, really honestly does not take a lot to, you know, I, I say this quite a bit too. We're open for two hours a day, right? My aim, my goal is to make this the best two hours of the day that people have, right, while they're here. Um, the reality is, you know, a really good meal in an environment like this, it's not going to change the course of your life, right? But if you can have a really good day here, right, really good Monday. Mm-hmm. If you have a really good meal here, and that's a catalyst to, to to you having a good rest of your day, and then you, you do that again Tuesday, and then you do that again all Wednesday. All of a sudden, yeah. wow, I, I had a decent week. You know, my, this week was better than last week, and then you you just try and string some of those together, and that's all we're trying to do, mm-hmm. honestly. We're just trying to give people, you know, a haven, a respite, some place to just come, stability, and a community feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want people to. I don't want it to feel like a handout. I really no. don't. I want people to just come in here, to put their stuff down, not worry about their things getting stolen. It's so stressful on the street anyway. I just want people to come in here and relax and Same know that they can, and just let go for a couple of hours, watch this a movie, like we all talk. Do. We're, yeah, of we're course. Just go home. Yeah, that's it. Feeling yeah, a yeah. Overwhelmed. Of course. Yeah. Let me go. Let me go home. My shut space, my door and just yeah. Of course. Warm. Yeah. Yeah. And people appreciate that though. So many times people have said, you know. Alex, thank you. And it's so genuine. It's so absolutely genuine. You know, people really appreciate the space. You know, they recognize what we're trying to do. And people get quite protective of this, you know. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but the nature of people that come in here sometimes means that sometimes, you know, we may have an issue every once in a while, but people are so protective of this, you know. If people get too loud, you know, the guy's like, hey, man, get out. No. You know, people are so protective of the space because they like it and they want to yeah. keep it like this. So. I like that. Mm. I yeah, do too. I just, yeah, they're also, although you'll see people who like prefer to mind their own business sure. or whatever, everybody Absolutely. is aware of each other. Yeah. And like, 
Yeah. So the woman that I was sitting with, like, she was just like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, of course. She's this kind of person, but yeah. she's a sweetheart. And, oh, yeah, he, he, he's a vegetarian, this, <laughs> mm. that, and the other. And, Isn't that great, though? But then she's sitting there, and she, so she's, we've talked about her, and then she's like, what's your passion in life? Like, what do you want to achieve? She said that, did you? Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, yeah, she's like, and when we left... She goes, you're going to go really far in life. She's like, I know you're going to be successful. Just keep doing what you're doing. I, That's like, I just love her. She's just a beautiful human being. But the mad thing she? is, I completely believed her. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like. She's fascinating. Mm. She's really, really, like, honestly, when she comes down the stairs, it's just completely different. It's like the aura around her is just completely, completely different. Yeah. yeah. I love her. Mm. Yeah. So I think this has hopefully given everybody a little bit more insight into homelessness what is going on the fact that it's not getting better but we can make a difference absolutely um and like you say if you haven't got the ability to go and do fundraising then maybe go and speak to someone and buy them some food if you can't do that then just say hello that's it get to know that especially you know like so my mum um she noticed that bless my mum sweetheart she noticed there's this one person she she'd go into town every Friday and she'd always see the same guy yeah so she was like I don't know his name right. so she went and got to know his name right. so now she'd like take him stuff or whatever right. and like she's formed this little connection with him and I remember yeah. as well actually do you know what? I want to tell this story and um, when I was mm, I must have been like 16, 17, first job working in House of Fraser, right? Right. So I'd work, obviously, every Saturday, a couple of evenings. And there was this one guy called John. And I would see him all the time. And it became a habit. Whenever I was walking back, I'd always buy him Burger King. Right. Right. And he was so grateful. And he'd walk me from the place where I always would find him, which was just his spot. He'd walk me to the train station. And we'd eat together and talk. And I remember then one day... um, I was at Reading and I was in a complete panic. I think I might have been going for an interview or something. Yeah. And I'd left my purse at home. Oh, and I yeah. didn't have a train ticket. And what he used to do is he used to collect people's travel cards yep. and resell them. Yep. Great idea. I don't sure. know why we yeah, more yeah. often don't do that. Like, right. I haven't seen that in a while. But anyway, right. he was like, take this ticket. He was like, I want you to get there. Good luck. And um, wow. he gave me this ticket. And I was like, wow. like, Because for me, buying an extra little meal yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, was nothing. Course, do you yeah. know what I mean? But right. that was... That yeah. wouldn't have been his money yeah, of course, for but yeah. possibly even his shelter. Right, 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 right. But people do that, though. But people do that. Yeah. They do it here all the time. You'd be so surprised. Well, the guy who gave me his fig. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He gave me that, his that fig. That happened today, He's like, no, he's like, I want you yeah. to have it. He's like, I want you, like, get yeah. those antioxidants in you. Da, 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 da. Like, oh. that's, that's so fantastic. I, th- I think if more people knew that, knew stories like that, or just had an opportunity just to come in here, mm-hmm. I just think we could change, you know, so many perceptions. About homeless people, we really could. Well, hopefully, this podcast is a good start. I hope so. I hope so. It too. will be. Um, we will be checking in. Good. That's a well. good thing. And we'll update everybody on what's been going on. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for giving yes. me this platform. Of thank course. you for listening. Of course. And everybody, get down here. If you're in, if you're in London, then please, please volunteer because honestly, these guys—they're doing a big thing. But the guys who come through here as well are just. Just so, it's not even eye opening, it is mind opening. Do you know, perspective opening? Everything, yeah. Yeah. Soup Kitchen London on the gram. Yeah. Hit hit up. Check us out and see what we do, who we help. Um, And then there's also ways you can help on there as well. Perfect. 
Thank you.